man. All right. Two days in a row, huh? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Kind of wild. Um, not a ton, therefore, in the... Not a whole lot of new information for the, uh, like, pre-start banter kind of thing yeah. going on. Yeah, no. The only thing I was thinking about is that, like, normally it's because I live with a bunch of little Petri dishes. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm coming down with something. And the next week it's like, boy, that last week sucked. And now it's like, hey, I sound like I have emphysema. You know, like, it's... <laughs> You get to like actually see some of the escalation of this virus eating me from the inside out. Wonderful, wonderful. Love, love turning it into a uh, TV style medical drama. Yes. Now, now we're on board. Oh man! All right, let's hit intro. Jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognize the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkledoo podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. All right. Have you uh, had anything of note that you can pull from? I mean, no, not on the beverage front. Um, it was kind of cool today, actually. So uh, one of my former students, so I teach mostly juniors. Um, and so one of the kids at the school today who's a senior uh, had been talking to me a week or two ago about the fact that she started doing like chartreuserie boards. Mm. Like, and she mm-hmm. was all excited about like, I'm pretty sure, Mr. Enfield, that I found my vocation. And I, as her vocation teacher, I kind of laughed and was like, well, okay, like maybe, maybe don't throw that word around at me in particular, but that's really cool that you found this thing you've got a passion for. And today was the last day of finals, unless there was like some kind of a conflict in scheduling or whatever for the semester. Tell me she brought in a board. Oh my gosh, she did. She brought in like this big old charcuterie board with like meats and cheeses and fruit and little chocolate things on it. I was like, okay, okay. You know what? Fine. I won't argue with you anymore. <laughs> you, you have know, a like gift child. <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, and it's like, you can't really get anything from me anymore. I'm not your teacher. I don't have any sway over yeah. like bonus points for you or anything. So I'm going to go ahead and treat this like this is just genuine and be super grateful. Um, especially because, you know, it was finals. And so we got done with the testing around like 11:30. And so it was me and a few other uh temporary math teachers kind of grading finals together just to make sure that all the kids in the algebra 1 classes were getting similar scoring for similar level work and all mm-hmm, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And she walks in with that and I was like, "Oh, cool. I do not have to worry about where am I going to go run through and grab lunch real quick or anything now. This is so much better." So, yeah, no, on the beverage front, nothing. Um, it did have me wishing that I had, like, a, you know, I was at school, so obviously I don't. Naturally. I was like, oh, you know, some wine pairings would be lovely. Mm. Could definitely go for, you know, a small glass of something. Just a, Yeah. But instead, I made do with my water and uh, called it good enough. And it yeah. certainly was that. Charcuterie boards are so intimidating to me because there's so many different things going on. And I look at, like, I've seen some of the, like, really fancy ones, right? And I just sit there and I look at it and be like, I know I'm supposed to combine things, but I don't know which ones, and I don't know in which order. And I don't, like, I end up just, so I just, like, 
eat a piece of meat. You know, <laughs> it's just like I don't. I get I get overwhelmed. I was like, I know cashews are good, so then I'll eat a cashew. You know, yep. so like I. Yep. No, I, I absolutely very similarly all the fruit and stuff on there. I assume that's just supposed to be like a palate cleanse. Uh, I'm guessing there probably is like oh. some pairing, like when they've got the four different types. Like she yeah. went all out. There were like four different types of cracker, four different types of cheese, various like peppered salami, regular salami, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure there are ideal pairings, but yeah, I don't know. I was like, you know what? I need I, a guide. I think all of these things sound good, so I'm going to just try them in, like, random combos. Yeah. If I find one that stands out, awesome. But if not, it's meat, cheese, and crackers. And you can't go wrong. And I'm going to be okay. With what, yeah, I'm going to be just yeah. fine. You know what you need? You need, like, a, a like a map, kind of like <laughs> on the like the chocolates. You know, when you get them, they're all covered in chocolate, and you're like, like, I don't want to bite the stupid strawberry one when I think I'm getting a caramel, and then I'm mad. So yeah, you look yeah, at the yeah, little yeah. picture guide, you know, like that's what you need for charcuterie boards. Be like, hey, for you hillbillies who don't know how to do this, <laughs> take here's some recommended combinations, you know, and that would that would be so helpful. So like, there's a, there's some advice for your for your student for like to differentiate herself as she goes to the sale. Be like, here's my charcuterie board. And a guide for those of you who don't know how to eat charcuterie boards. There you go. Yes, absolutely. The uh, the, the recommended pairings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but what's really funny is that we had a charcuterie board for dinner tonight. Oh. Yeah. So it worked out like it was just really I funny. Genuinely because, can't believe that's a thing that just happened to us. Yeah. So it was it was because we do that market on the uh, not market on the move the St. Mary's food bank truck where they just kind of go and they give out food. Mm-hmm. And HelloFresh dumps a bunch of stuff on them all the time. Right. So we got the HelloFresh charcuterie boards. So again, like I didn't know how to do it. So I was just like, oh, I'll take one of everything, try them all, you know, systematically pair them all, mix them all together. And there was a couple of them. It was pretty good. But yeah, it was random, yeah. random combination that I worked there. <laughs> yeah. So for, for me, my beverage of choice tonight is a lemon and honey tea. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, yeah. It's uh, as soon as it won't melt my face off. I'll, right, as soon as you can drink it without like have, screaming into the mic. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. It should adjust my uh, my vocal cords a little bit once I get once I can get some of that in there. When you're Pavarotti by the end of this, we'll uh, we'll know oh, with the good man. stuff. Oh man, yeah, it's really bassy. Like I can I can just like feel that my voice <laughs> is different. Like it, it's maybe I don't sound different, but I feel like I. I sound different, so it, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Anywho, onward ho. <laughs> so <laughs> we're <laughs> so we're still working through um, some salvation topics, and mm-hmm. so we had kind of just like a list of things to work through. So we worked through um, adoption, and then uh, the next big buzzword to kind of look at was sanctification. Right, which I think this one kind of actually even goes back to two episodes ago when we were talking about like why do people keep doing stupid stuff after they're saved, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. I think this will kind of pair with that a little bit. But I was kind of doing a little, you know, prep work in that I Googled it for thirty seconds, and one of the things that I just because like I mean like I've read about sanctification and I've studied sanctification and again cerebrally know these things. Uh, or legalistically know these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But one of the things that caught me was, or caught my attention, was that there's two types of sanctification. Uh, they had fancy words for them, but mainly it was just like sanctification that happens at the point of salvation. So, like, you are officially set aside, right? So, defining mm-hmm. sanctification as, like, being set apart for God. Right. So, you are, like, officially, like, you are, like, there's You've the group claimed. and you, yep, are, like, kind of cut off and moved to the side. You are in a different spot now, officially. And then there's kind of a progressive sanctification where it's kind of the process of being made holy. And I guess... It's one of those things, again, I guess starting off with is it's like if you're, how can you be, how can it be both? How can it be like a one-time event and a continual event at the same time? So if you think about it, there's kind of that two, those two parts in what it means to be sanctified, to be set apart and for a purpose. And to me, that's kind of what those two different types of sanctification are. Like there's the first one where you're being set apart. The things that you were before, the things that, um, you know, being part of the mundane in that very like worldly sense, Mm -hmm. that you no longer are. You belong to God. You have been claimed. You have been dedicated. So now you're set apart. You are cut off in a very real way mm-hmm. from what you have been. However, for a purpose. You aren't ready for that right now. You have just had mm. uh, some of the crap wiped away. Um, you know, like, I'm sure you don't have this issue because you, like, live in a house of, like, people who function on a human level as opposed to give me a break. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can't reach the sink anyway. So this isn't (laughs) going to apply to them as opposed to, you know, think back to bachelor days where you had roommates and like with differing levels of dedication to, Mm -hmm. uh, post meal cleanliness. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes, there is this, uh, pot or this pan or something that is set apart for cooking. However, as I look at it right now, even as I claim it as like, ah, yes, this is what I'm going to need in order to make my uh, pasta and sauce tonight. Mm, Not yet. Cause right now it's been soaking in like three day old, uh, like beef grease from when someone cooked some uh, ground beef in it. And it's just sort of been sitting in the sink with like some water and maybe some soap. Cause originally it was put there to soak. And then now three days later, it's been put there to be forgotten. Like, so I find that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it though. It's not ready. Right. Yes. It is exactly what I need. And there is a purpose for it. But before it can fulfill that purpose, there are some things that need to happen. And like just dumping it out and just wiping it out isn't sufficient. Like that gets it closer. And so similarly, when we talk about this idea of that gradual part of sanctification, it's like, okay, God has a purpose for us. And that purpose has been there since before our creation. Yeah. Like from all eternity, 
God knew we were going to be, and he knew there was something he wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And now we have finally acknowledged that. We, have fin- we might not know exactly what it is, but we've acknowledged that we are created for this purpose and we desire this purpose. Now comes the part where God's having to prepare us for that. Um, and so there yeah. is this idea of like, I realize that I am in the image and likeness of God and that I am created for purpose and that I am created for meaning. That's not the end of my journey though. Yeah. Now I do. I have to spend time in the scriptures. I have to spend time in prayer. I have to spend time in community learning more and more about what that purpose is how I and how I can fulfill it. And a lot of steps along the way, I'm going to feel like I took a wrong turn. Like, oh, I was so excited that this is what my purpose was. And this is what I was getting ready to do. Uh, you know, like me going to seminary, for example. Like, ah, preparation for the priesthood. And so this is what I am created for. This is what my purpose is. And then like after three years of studies and everything, being like, oh, no, that's not what it is. Mm. But. I was still being prepared for my purpose. I just, I tried to guess what the next page in the book was going to say. Turns out I was wrong. The character in the story doesn't know what the author is planning, but the author does. And so I'm still going to get there. Right. And so that's kind of that gradual sanctification part is this idea of God more and more um, reshaping us cleaning us, preparing us, whatever word you want to put on there. Yeah. So that when the time comes for that purpose, we've been set aside for, we're able to actually do it. So I'm going to throw a monkey wrench out here. Love into that. The, into the spokes nice and early and, and ask like, how do we reconcile? So if once we're saved, you know, we do the acknowledgement, the prayer, all of the things and even live the life for a long time. And then, so how do we reconcile being officially like in a real way, set aside, set apart by God, made new? How do we reconcile that with like an apostate, right? Who then deconstructs and then, and then becomes not anymore. Like, how do you, I'd be like, so if you were set aside, like, again, this is my whole theory on the floor, right? Like you would think Mm -hmm. that, that the floor would go up, a little bit so like you can yeah. sure you can still fall down but the you're not going to fall down as far right like and if you're set aside you would think there would be a point that you can't and i know your doorway was a good analogy that they could walk back through the door you know that was from a couple of nights ago yeah or a couple of weeks ago but like and maybe that's just one of those things to where it's it's less of a like legalistic or theological and more of just a just me sitting there going like how can you do that you know, because like again, we've talked about how much I value loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just to back out on something when somebody's you know called you their own, and then you're like, nah, I'm done with you, and then you just walk out like that. I'm 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 not sure if I'm struggling with it from a theological perspective or from like a street cred loyalty like kind of perspective or. I- Porque I mean, no los dos, right? I was just going to say, <laughs> my guess is it's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because, you know, it's a relationship thing. And so there's two sides of it. 
like there's the on the loyalty street cred side the very like kind of simple and like easy one to deal with in terms of like evaluating the human person who would do such a thing like how did you come to the recognition that God had set you aside for a purpose, that he's done all of these incredible things in your life, and now you're just going to be like, eh, never mind, I'm out. Right. And I get that, but at the same time, on that front, it's one of those things where that is assuming a certain level of perspective on the challenges and the difficulties that come with that ongoing sanctification. You know, like if you were talking to a lot of those people, like if you were having a follow up, very like if you had a relationship such that you could have like a one on one talk with these people about what brought them there. Most likely some of them, it's going to be like incredibly dramatic ways that they feel that they were like let down or that their understanding was proven inaccurate. Yeah. Like I, I felt this really strongly at the time. But then sometimes it'll be things that are super dramatic. But then my child was diagnosed with terminal cancer and died. How am I supposed to? Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I I do not have an answer there. Other times it's going to be much more um, kind of built in. Like, I was sure of this idea, but the more I read, the more I saw, the more I experienced, the more I came to doubt these ideas that I was so confident in in the past. And I am now convinced that it is not true, that what I felt at that time was just that. It was a feeling. It was a momentary experience. And I misinterpreted that reality. That was my bad. Uh, And in both of those circumstances, it's one of those things where... Um, I am going to go back to kind of what I said a couple of weeks ago, because I, it's going to have to suffice since I don't have an actually like good, satisfying answer. If they genuinely accepted that they were set aside, then and now they seem to be rejecting that. If it was real and if it was genuine, then I have to believe that God, the author of all creation, <sighs> is viewing this as a season of doubt or a season of disloyalty rather than a permanent state of rejection. Because I can't believe that God and his love would uh, like wait till someone who had believed in him ceased to believe and then be like, ah, test time. Are you ready now? And then boot them. You know what I mean? It not yeah. a, like God's not going to pull a gotcha move on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's very prodigal son, you know, like mm-hmm. I will let you go into this. Like I'll let you experience Hang out with the swine. Things. Yeah. And then when you come back, right, like I'm going to come running, you know, type mm-hmm. of a thing. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's when we're talking about sanctification, I think that's the hard part is because we, we always look in the the immediate and not in the really big picture, not just in, you know, 10,000 feet, but like, like 1 million entire lifespan kind of distance yeah. because, so one of the things that really bugs me, this has always bugged me is uh, like, there's a story that people, a, you know, rhetorical story that people toss around about how, um, you know, 
police officer pulled a lady over because, you know, she was cutting people off and flipping them off. And then, you know, was going to arrest her because obviously the she had stolen the car because the car said, you know, like, I follow Jesus with a, like, I follow Jesus mm. bumper sticker because if you follow Jesus, you wouldn't have done that. So I concluded that someone had stolen your car and you were acting that way. And I was like, haha, you know, you got us. That's so funny. Um, but it's like, I'm, I'm always frustrated because nobody allows Christians to have a bad day. Yeah. You know, and like, I know, I know that's the reality of it. And I know like I've been a supervisor or where you have teams looking at you and you're not allowed to have a bad day. It seems like, you know, but, but that's such a moment in time. Like we have no idea the context or the situation. And then also like, yeah, that lady might've been in a season, a bad season. Right. And that might've come along in a whole different way. And so it's, the long-term view of sanctification, I think, is – I think we look at it like you're set aside and now you're different, and so you should be perfect. But like you said, there's that process and the seasons to it, and I think it's not just – yeah, not just – like we don't know how long the process is. No, absolutely. You know, like it can be really long. And, and we kind of have to be okay with the fact that we don't know. This is where that whole idea of like uh, the difference between judging actions and judging people. Mm. The actions, those, those I can judge. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if what you're asking me is, is the woman who is driving recklessly and flipping people the bird and cutting people off, is what she's doing right or wrong? I can say, yeah, no, what she's doing is wrong. Correct. However, what I can't say is that she as a person is wrong or that she has like violated her relationship with Christ because I don't know where that's at at the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, quite frankly, I don't totally know where mine is at at the moment. You know, we are, we are, uh, by the time this is going out, it will be in this Christmas season, like post Christmas mm-hmm. day. Yep. But like right now, we're still a little bit less than a week out from Christmas. Jesus is coming and I am like intentionally trying to keep that in my mind. Yep. And that's gone a little bit better for me this year than it has in a lot. This is one of the few one of the few in a while where I don't feel like Christmas came out of nowhere. Like, oh holy mm. shoot. It's I feel like it was the first week of Advent yesterday and now here's Christmas. Yep. Like, no, yep. I I've actually Fortunately, in large part, just due to some of the circumstances around me, I've been able to be a little bit more aware of that this year. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome. But here's the thing. Because I don't know where Christ is leading me, I don't know if I'm closer right now. Or I don't Mm. know that I'm close. I can say I know I'm closer. I shouldn't lose that. Sure, sure, sure. Like, I am closer, but I don't know how close I am. Like... There are some things that tend to be kind of habitual, repeated sins for me. And I can look at some of those right now and be like, you know what? Actually, I've been doing much better with those. I've been like turning to prayer like I'm supposed to, and this has been going better. That's awesome. What the lives of the saints tell us, though, is that if I ever do actually get to the point where by the grace of God, I conquer those habitual sins... What I will discover is that there was this other layer of habitual sins 
that like I was blind to mm-hmm. because they were like buried under the more obvious sins. And it's like, yeah. oh shoot, now I'm aware of these and now I've got to work on them. I don't know how many layers I'm going through. And I don't know what some of those layers are going to work are going to look like when I'm working through them. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. every now and then to like actually fix something, you know, I'm going to jump ship on my pots and pans analogy and go now to like broken bones as an analogy. Like every now and then in order to like get things to heal properly, more damage has to be done. You know, like I'm thinking of my little sister when she broke her arm, when she was like five years old. And by the time she got to the hospital, like it had started to set in the wrong spot from her perspective and from the perspective of the people hearing her like cry out when they had to like kind of reset that, that was so much worse than where things had been before that. But that's only if you don't know the reality of the situation. That person who is dealing, who finds themselves dealing very publicly with uh, anger out in the open as a Christian, wearing the cross, you know, wearing the, uh, you know, bumper stickers and all of Mm -hmm. the, the paraphernalia. They've got all of the, they are decked out in their Jesus drip. And then now they're acting out in anger where before they weren't doing that. That might be because what has to be healed now is something that has not been dealt with in a decade. And there's going to be some side effects to that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're not getting closer to Christ in that moment. So again, I can judge the action and be like, "Mm, you know what? Even with that being the case, that doesn't make it right that you are yelling at people, like cussing out the store employee. Like, no, 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 that's still wrong. Right. But that doesn't mean you're not being sanctified and becoming holier as you go through that and as you come to recognize that hurt that you are now participating in and that becomes the the jumpstart for you attending to some healing in yourself so that you can heal some of the hurts that are out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. that that attentiveness to making sure that like we're aware of our own perspective. I can only see the moment I'm in. Yeah. I can try and think to and try and be aware of some things beyond that level, but again, I am a character in the story. I am not going to accomplish anything by guessing what the author is doing. Yeah. You know, it makes me think a little bit so where my mind was going with what when you were talking there was about judgment and judging, you know, judging other people and like a very real story. Um, so like, so this is something that parents do people do is that, so when you're single, you judge married people for their life, right? You're like, Oh Mm -hmm. my God, how can you like, you can't go out. You can't go out as a single man. I would never talk to my wife that way. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect example, right? And then you get married and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get it. But now they have kids. Like, can't they put do their dishes? Like what? They can't do this stuff." And then you have kids and you're like, "Oh, I get it." And then you're like, "Oh my god, how are they so like so you're like you're always judging that 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 next step because you haven't walked 
a mile in their shoes, mm-hmm. you know, type of a thing. And then as soon as you do walk, even not even a mile, but like a foot in there, you put your foot in that shoe, you're like, oh, oh. Especially with that child, the, the, like the perspective of children. Like when you start to put that shoe on and you realize that there's a half-chewed Cheerio <laughs> in it. Like, oh. I get it now. <laughs> yep. So, you know, like, and that, I, I became aware of that eventually at one point. I don't I don't remember I don't remember where, but I became very, very aware of it because my brother is, you know, like one step ahead of us in the life stages, basically, right? Sure. So like that was my that was my story. And once I became aware of it, it made me realize be like, man, judging people is so stupid. <laughs> you know, like if you think you got it figured out and that they don't like you just don't know. Like you just absolutely do not know because I'm doing the exact same things that I was just judging them on, you know, and I'm reading, I'm starting Romans right now. And, and Paul's just like bashing on him about, you know, like you are preaching the law and then you're going and doing the things that you just told them not to do. You know, like all of these people are blaspheming God because of your actions, you know, and all of these things. And I was like, dang, you know, like that one, that one hurt because, yeah. you know, to blaspheme or to have somebody blaspheme God because of me sucks, right? Because I love mm-hmm. God and I want, I don't want to do something that hurts him, right? And so my actions resulted in that. And so I think if I was, if I was going to wrap everything up into a life lesson, that's kind of, when I'm thinking about sanctification, I'm thinking about like a long-term process, and it, and it probably never stops. It probably continues into heaven. Like, because we're everlasting and God is eternal, he will be forever building and growing us and shaping us and authoring our lives. And so to judge someone else on their journey, on their faith journey, on their life, to judge the person, right? Like you said, the mm-hmm. actions, like we can we can say this action is wrong, but to judge that person and be like, you're a bad Christian or like you are not good is so wrong because we don't know where they're at. And the same thing, and, and because you're probably doing the exact same thing at that moment. Like when you get there, you will do it too. And so to think you're elevated or better than someone else, you know, robs you of, of not robs you, like you need to take some humility, I think. And that's just, and just realize that we're all on a journey. And then you can kind of switch to being like a kingdom builder where you're like building people up all the time and and constantly like, let me help you because I don't know what it is, but like, I know this journey is hard for fricking everybody. Yeah. And so like, I don't need to make it any harder for anyone else. Right. So I'll help you. You help me. Let's just, let's just get there. Definitely, man. I love that. And I think it ties really well. Cause like for me, I think it's also really important for us to apply that same kind of mercy and patience with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, That Again, that idea of realizing that even as I am in the midst of a struggle with something, so long as it remains a struggle, like, cause that's my biggest thing, man, is that the, the times where I know I've actually messed up Mm -hmm. where like it is, I, I'm not like, I'm not being harsh on myself. I'm being honest with myself where I royally screwed something up, it's because I stopped struggling. I acknowledged something was hard and was like, so because of that, I'm not going to be able to do it. Mm. As opposed to like, 
Like this is a thing that I'm fighting against and it keeps kicking my butt. That's okay. The yeah. fact that it continues to kick my butt is okay because just because I have been baptized and just because I have been sanctified and just because I have been claimed by God doesn't mean I'm Jesus now and mm-hmm. I'm never going to be. Nope. You know, going back into that idea of adoption, like there is this process of shaping and I don't know where I'm at in that process now and I don't know what the next season is going to look like, and I don't know how long this season is going to last. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, that can't be my concern. You know, uh, the, the Tolkien line delivered by Gandalf of, you know, like when, uh, when Frodo is saying he wishes that the yeah. ring had never come to him, that this had not been his age and had not been his task. Many have wished for such things. But it is, it's not ours to decide. It's ours to do the best we can where we're found. And I wish I yep. could remember the exact yep. quote, because no, that I is know nothing the... like it. Nope. Tolkien is so much more better at wording and Englishing than I am. <laughs> but like, I love that you led that, that with a more better. Of, yeah, he, he, him talk good. <laughs> him talk goody. Goodly. Yep. Um, but like that idea of, no, I don't need to worry about how long I'm going to struggle with this. I don't need to worry about whether or not I'm good enough or strong enough to deal with this struggle. Mm -hmm. I have to worry about continuing to struggle. Yeah. And then again, place that trust in God that ultimately what he's preparing me for, you know, St. Paul talks about like, I will consider the trials and tribulations, the sufferings of this life as nothing. Yeah. And again, this is the same guy who talks about having pleaded with God multiple times that the thorn be removed from his side. He's not denying the fact that the suffering is suffering and that, man, does this suck. Yeah. But while I don't know the exact nature of the reward, I have the confidence and the supreme trust in God that so long as I run so as to win the race, the reward I'll receive is going to blow the suffering away. And yeah. it will not only be worth it, it will be a joke. Yeah. Like how yeah. much more the gain is than the cost. Yeah. You know, the majority of the Christian life is just not quitting. You know, yeah. like you said, the struggle. It's just, just get off, get back up off the mat. You know, like, um, that's the big part. And, and in all honesty, like I think yours probably, we should have had you go first because when you can clear that self judgment out, like judging others is usually in, indicative of self judgment, you know? And so like when you can kind of clean that self judgment out, it allows you to also be gracious with other, when you can be gracious with yourself, it allows you to be gracious with other people. And so they kind of go, they go hand in hand, um, oh, usually starting on the inside and then going to the outside, you know? Oftentimes. Sure. But I will also say like, I don't know. I know a lot of people. I'm related to most of them. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, who like? It's way easier like to be your own harshest critic. Yeah. You know where you can True. look at somebody else who you love going through something and be like, "No, look, <laughs> you've got this. You're not actually a bad person, even though you're doing this." And then if it's like me, oh no, 
I didn't like wave back to this person who waved at me. I am the scum of the earth. I am what's wrong with the world. How dare I? I I've totally encouraged somebody and then turned around and flailed myself. Because like, I I think I really do think that it's one of those things where they all kind of feed into each other very cyclically. Yeah. Where like (laughs) that. Both are completely and totally necessary and neither one actually happens without the other one. Not for any long period of time. Oh, man. That is funny. That's funny. Okay. Well, uh, I am going to say that by the time this podcast is released, I have brought the coffee down from the website. Uh, So me and AJ are going to figure out uh, what to do. And that's mainly just because of taxes. And that stuff sucks. So we're we're figuring out how you know we'll we'll get something back up so that we can uh, build some support around the podcast, but and if you ever really want coffee, like hey you guys sold coffee, like just email me. I can always get you a bag of coffee, you know, type of a thing. So that's inkledo at gmail dot com. But um, so yeah, I mean that's I I'm I'm gonna have to figure out something else to do, like something witty for a transition at the end because like how to incorporate the the coffee pitch was like one of my favorite things. So. I'm going to have to figure something else out. but So, oh, well. What do you got? You, anything else on your brain, you man? Yeah, no, nah, man. Uh, nope. I'm, I'm good. Right on, right on. All right. With that, we will say. Adieu. Adieu.